Matt. Jeez, man. Okay, so it's it's obviously amazing to see you. I'm so grateful you're here today to do the podcast. Um, so what I want to bring up before we get into everything, about a year ago, just over a year ago from today, um, the last time you were on the show, we connected so well. We had such a great time, such a long, great conversation. I got to hear and learn a lot about you. And what was cool about that for me is afterwards you felt connected enough with me that you could share your next big, it was post Juanapate swim and all that energy and fall out of that made you go, I'm a swim Manitoulin Island to raise money and awareness for MS and the MS, MS Society of Canada. And I was like, oh man, like this is crazy. And then just over a year later, here we are. <laughs> yeah, every, just say that, I start laughing again because it's, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> Dude, it's insane. It's my, fa it's my favorite <laughs> just, thing. Nobody, yeah, underst nobody yeah. understands. Like, <laughs> the vast, and we'll get more into it. Um, but take me through the timeline from the last time where it was just an idea and take me through from there to where we are now and then we can go through, we can dive a bit deeper into yeah, the, yeah. in between details. Well, I'm going to give you a plug here. The first one Come was, on. the thought came from Come Richard, on. so go and watch Richard Bradley. <laughs> listen to that one. Amazing. Um, so I organized an ultra-marathon triathlon yeah. that summer as well, as having swum yes. all those lakes. Um, so I was following Richard for like two of the hours of his cycle, and he was cycling around Manitoulin. So he cycled, I think it was 15 and a half hours, 350K in one day. It was just kind of, yeah. I don't know, it was cool. I was following him, it's and far. I was swimming at the time. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I was following him, the thought popped into my head, like, I wonder how long it would take to swim around here. <laughs> it was just a thought. That's all it was. But that's when yeah. the seed was planted, I'd say. Interesting. So you have, to me, that's always fascinated. That's always fascinated me, that your, your ability to, and everybody does this where they say, I'm guilty of this myself, where they say they're going to do something. And then they're like, oh, yeah, it's cool. And then they put a little bit of time in. and But, like, you did it, dude. Like, <laughs> well, I everybody did, says... I didn't swim the whole I just a good chunk. It's made about halfway. Yeah, yeah, so throughout that process, um, and we'll get towards the end of, like, what how everything went down. So how did it start? Like, you're about maybe 10 months away from actually doing it when this kind of manifested, or what? The, so that's the day I had the thought and the idea. Mm -hmm. The day I decided, like, I'm doing this was the other part of that ultramarathon triathlon, yeah. which is my friend Simon. So Love Simon it. ran from North Manetteville all the way to the Big Nickel, which was a 101-kilometer run. That's far. Yeah. Originally, I was going to do that run, but then I broke my foot. And so right. then I, I kind of supported Simon on, on the run. And I just, I love the feeling. Mm -hmm. Like I, I love the feeling of seeing people chase big goals. I love the feeling of doing it myself. Yeah. I love the sense of camaraderie, like people just working together towards something. It's cool. And I just felt part of something bigger than myself. And like yeah. transcendence is the word that I'd use. You're just part of something bigger than you. Mm -hmm. And that's just such a cool feeling. And you, when you do these things, you see it ripple out into ways you would never predict or expect. Yeah. So at the end of that day, me and Simon were sitting on the couch and we were living the high of that day. And we were just clinging to that feeling. We didn't want to go to bed. Yeah. And I wanted more. And that's the day, like, fuck it. I'm, I told Simon, like, I'm doing this crazy thing. I'm doing <laughs> it. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. It seems to me that when it comes to doing big things like that, you need 
you can't do it alone, right? No. And a mutual friend of ours, the incredible Jillian Best at it too, right? She's like talking about, and we talked about this a lot as well, a handful of times of the group, like who is in your corner and who's there to support you through the training as like even just friends through it, right? Friends to like hang out with to get your mind kind of to remind you that there's still life and there's still light going on kind of around this journey, right? While still being able to support you is huge. For sure. So you have to make a team, right? How did that, where did step one of creating the team come from? Like, what was your... Yeah, so then I, I said, do? I'm doing this. Yeah. And then the next thought I had was, how the fuck do I do this? Yeah, great, <laughs> great question to be I've been swimming nine yeah. months and I'm saying I'm going to swim... I'm gonna swim 350 yeah. kilometers around man two of the world's freshwater island. <laughs> That's I've been swimming. That, it was yeah. absurd. Yeah, it was totally crazy. So I was like, "How the fuck do you do this?" You know, and I compare it chasing these big goals to doing a jigsaw puzzle. Nice. Yeah. Like, you don't know what you're doing when you start. No, never. And that's okay. Never. I think being okay with the feeling of not knowing really what to do is part of these big goals. Right. But you dump the box down, and you just try to make pieces fit and as soon as you get as soon as you fit that first puzzle piece yeah that builds the momentum to get going yeah. like oh maybe this puzzle is doable you know that first puzzle piece yeah and you can kind of slowly see everything grow and then you start seeing the picture form and you're like oh exactly this so is it achievable. started with a thought and then like you said you can't do these things alone no. at the end like my immediate team was around 30 people like, i had mm. a fundraising team a logistics team mm. Uh, and a training team like and that, that just started with a thought, you know, so definitely can't do it alone And the word I use is to do the amazing things. You need amazing people. I love it. So I got amazing I've people. I always love that. That's awesome Jill is definitely one of those amazing people yeah. uh, Another plug go listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Breaking the four of the wall just like talking to the camera <laughs> Amazing plug in your show um, Yeah, so Jill when I went to go swim Lake Wanapate Chris Cacciotti uh, <laughs> he's another episode. I gotta stop. It's like everybody Amazing. I talk to is on your show. Yeah. Uh, Chris Cacciotti actually sent me an article about Jill and uh, just said, like, organ transplant recipient swims Lake Ontario with like the headline, something like that. Amazing. So she received a liver transplant and swam. I'm like, that's cool. That's very cool. So I just reached out to her before my swim. I was like, that's awesome. I love what you did. I forget yeah. what I said, something along those lines. And then when I did my swim, she said, good luck. And then when trying to plan this, I told Chris, like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, yeah. And then Chris is like, reach out to Jill. I'm like, that's a good yeah. point. Maybe she's got, she's smelling like a tarot. She kind of yeah. knows a little somebody bit. Exactly. Or something that might help. And uh, Jill was a gold yeah. bite. Lo like, and behold. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, I just started uh, FaceTime, well, FaceTime with her, whatever it's yeah. called. Like, FaceFace face, uh, virtually on the internet. Yeah, FaceTime. Yeah, there yeah, you dude, go. You nailed it. In other words, that's like Kleenex. You know, Kleenex is like the specific. Oh, uh, yeah, it's like yeah, tissue. Paper. I don't know the general thing. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. FaceTime, we'll just use that, that word. Uh, and she just uh, was super supportive. You mm -hmm. know, definitely um, was very encouraging. And it seemed kind of crazy, but she definitely pushed it forward, you know, yeah. and uh, put me in contact with a lot of my team members, including. Dan and Craig, so Dan Sinelli and Craig Lewin were uh, made my training plan, and I had like monthly meetings to ask random swimming questions. So they're both very accomplished uh, swimmers and coaches. Mm -hmm. So she put me in contact with them, and, and they were amazing. Yeah. Uh, and also my captain Christine. Amazing. So another one. Yeah, another another, another gold mine there. Yeah. yeah. Ah, that's cool. So when it comes to taking over 
all of that and kind of where do you see yourself as the where were your expectations originally for like the group of people that you had like what expectations did you have for the people helping you like, i didn't really have any to be honest when i first said this i had a friend say like you're not ross edgley <laughs> he said that he's like ross edgley he's from around great britain and it's kind of with the world record for yeah. longest stage swim uh, and if you look at him, he doesn't look like me at all. Like, he's totally jacked. No, like, he looks <laughs> like he could do it, dude. Shredded. Yeah. I don't look that shredded. I look like a Greek guy. Like, you know, <laughs> you know but... Amazing. Uh, yeah, so I was like, you need a team. You can't do this at all. I'm like, good point. I'll build a team, you know? You're not wrong, yeah. When people say I can't do something, I love it for two reasons. Yeah, I was going to get into that. Number one, they possibly point to something I didn't think of. Yeah, you know? usually. Or an like, obstacle. Well, did you think about this? You're like... Now I did. Exactly. I yeah. So, and the other one is like, if I fail, that's the expectation. Right. <laughs> right? Like if I try something like this huge yeah. and I don't make it, no one could say, oh, you didn't make yeah. it. And if they did like. It's like, yeah, I'm not supposed to. It's, uh, yeah. It's I don't really absurd. care. Yeah. I try, I try goals where I think I'll fail. Because mm-hmm. that's where you experience maximum growth. Right. Because if you fail, so you've bigger, reached yeah, your limit. The bigger the fail, the bigger the the growth, the bigger the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that whole, it's the old saying, I can't remember exactly who said it, but they said some long lines like, it's better to aim high and miss than aim low and hit. Exactly. And it's, yeah, it just, it transcends what you're able to accomplish. And then that, those big leaps, you may have just fell short, but those big leaps and just falling short, it's like, it's still multiple steps forward in the right direction. You're in better shape. You've networked with so many people. There's so much you've learned, I can only imagine, on this journey, right? And then going through and the level of self-awareness, it's all astounding at how much somebody can accomplish in a year. It's crazy. Yeah, if I look back at this time last year, I just Mm. had a memory. My personal best was seven kilometer swim. Yeah. And just that like was that my shortest too. swim during the expedition. It was a recovery swim. Yeah. It's just kind of... Hilarious. Yeah. Dude, it just goes to show, yeah. man. Like, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Ah, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, you said, like, is the team compared... Like, a team was better than I could have imagined it. Like, yeah. if I would have, like, had a pen and paper, like, this is this is the team I want. You know, yeah. like the scenes in the movies where, like, I need they go captain. get the person they get. Yeah, they I need want. a captain that has X amount of experience in their own bower. I need, like championship level swimmers and coach it you got the team it. was better yeah the team was better than i could have imagined for myself right. like i it was just like i said amazing people um mm-hmm. met so many amazing people and that's probably i think the best thing about these things is the relationships yeah. you form and the people you meet and interesting because i wanted to ask you about that matt is <clears throat> excuse me i want to ask you who is or who, who was somebody that you met along the journey that stood out to you the most that you most likely or may not have had the chance to meet otherwise uh the first one pops into my mind is jill for sure yeah she had a huge influence um on the swimming expedition for sure there's so many names i could i could say uh you know like go check out the website i think it's still up i don't know how long it'll be up but msmantulandswim.com and definitely go check out the team section uh there's just too many people to name you know uh but all gem of human beings and what about this i'll rephrase the question what is one so maybe not met for like that you've sustained the relationship but who's somebody that you met once had like a very short like boom little bit of spice that they added that you're like blew your mind uh that one like i didn't even chat with her but just sent me a message me be vicky keith yeah yeah because <laughs> i had a, a quote from her in my mirror yeah for a long time uh, and it was definitely influenced my mindset is at first 
you got to believe it's possible, mm-hmm. and then you got to keep reminding yourself why you're doing it. And so, huge. Those are two really big things. I think self belief is huge because you're not going to take any steps if you don't believe you can do it. Hundred yeah. percent. So mindset is huge, uh, and the other one is your why. Your why is just so powerful in pushing you forward. So because you needed such a bear, and I know you're a very spiritual guy, and I know that your why is very important, and that you got to a lot of dark places during the swim that you needed to reach down. Tell us about your why. Why was it so powerful? Why was that the selection you made? I think I'll, I'll rewind a bit and... Mm-hmm. Please. Um, I'll kind of go to this time last year after I finished my one-up taste one. So when I came to talk to you, it was kind of like in a high. Right? Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. It was awesome. I was still riding the wave, it. riding the high. Um, if I'm being honest, I had a big crash after that, yeah. which, I, which I've talked to you about before, mm-hmm. not on this podcast, but... Uh, I had a huge crash, and I think like as I, I'm kind of in that spot again. I didn't crash as low, but that's where I'm at now. And I think athletes don't open it up about it too much, but mm. I think it's pretty normal part of the athletic cycle, yeah. uh, regardless of outcome. Like post Olympic depression is real. Like yeah, after yeah. the Olympics, I think the stat is like don't quote me on this one, but just going off by memory. But I think it's 80 percent of Olympians get majority like, of like yeah. a huge crash after the Olympics. Yeah, um, it's true. So that's kind of where I was at, and I openly talk about my mental health and for me it it tipped over to something bigger Mm -hmm. you know um so i suffer from pretty severe depressions and it was back in full force and it was super discouraging depressing you know it was yeah it's 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 hard you know i don't think people understand mental health right um my depressions get super severe Uh, i was back to a catatonic state you know it's back to not being able to move and not being able to speak uh, and people like throw these labels on me like superhuman or hero or whatever, but they don't see that yeah. side. I think it's important to talk about. Um, yeah, I, I said it like it's easier for me to swim across Lake Wanapte than it is for me to brush my own teeth when I'm in that state. Incredible. Wow. So I was back there and I think there was a lot of kind of anger and resentment towards life yeah. at being back there because like... Nutritionally, I'd done everything right. Athletically, I'd done everything yeah. right. Social, and it's just back. It's an illness. Yeah, you checked all the boxes. That's why it's an illness, right? Mm-hmm. I think the brain, <clears throat> the brain is an organ like any other, and we don't view it that way. Like people don't oh, never, judge you never. for getting a kidney transplant, never, or a liver transplant. No, at least I haven't seen that judgment. Maybe I can't speak for people who've had that experience. Yeah, but uh, the brain carries such a bigger stigma, and, yeah. and for sure, so. Um, I was kind of back there and I was just kind of like totally discouraged. I'm like down on my bed, not able to move, not able to speak. And, uh, I was just depressed, you know, I was, mm-hmm. I was having a hard time doing anything. And, uh, sorry, it's hard to go back there. I'm trying to no, go sure, back yeah. there as I talk about it, you know, but I was on my bed and I was like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just it. Like, why am I here? Why am I experiencing this? Like. And the truth is, it's nothing that I did. Right. You know, that's an illness. You can't blame someone for having yeah, an illness. Sometimes you can't put that pressure happens. on yourself of having that judgment. The truth is, with mental health, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. You open up about your illness, and people tell you to shut up, not in those words, but they tell you don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, well-meaning people. Um, and they don't understand yeah. that, that lack of motivation, that low mood. That's all part of the illness. You know, if, mm-hmm. if 
a paraplegic who got hit by a drunk driver who was paralyzed because of that. Horrendous. No fault of their own, but if you tell that person to get up and walk, no, and they're doing it to themselves and they're faking it. Yeah. It just shows you how ridiculous what that is. What are you yeah. saying? Yeah. yeah. So the worst case depression scenario is that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so there I was again, not able to move, not able to speak, and I was just trying to answer that question, like, what's the point of getting on this bed? Right. You know, the reality of my situation at that time is no matter what I do, all I will experience is either A, pain, or B, nothing. That's the mental state that I'm in. It's a it's a chemical imbalance in the brain, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, like, you could win the lottery when I'm in that state, and I wouldn't feel anything. Yeah. Except for pain or nothing, you know? And I kind of observed myself going into the state this time. Um, you know, I think I observe, I kind of like, I think catatonia for me, I've learned is, I can't speak for others, but for me, it's a defense mechanism. Right. Because you're in so much pain mm -hmm. that I think the natural sort of human response to that is, I don't want to go on. Right. Um, you know, I think that's a hard thing to talk about, but nobody talks about it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like just the simple fact that every time I talk about it, I receive messages and people told me I saved their life by just talking about it, you know? Wow. So why aren't we talking about it? Right. You know? Yeah, 100%. Um, so that's, for me, the, the catatonia is a defense mechanism because the honest truth is, it's hard for me to say, but that's, that's just where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I'm in so much pain that I want to kill myself. And people don't see that pain. People yeah. deny that pain. Mm -hmm. People blame you for that pain. Yeah, which... I can't wrap my head around it. I can't wrap my head around it either, you know, but from my experience, that's just it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think catatonia is a, a defense mechanism because I, the truth is I can't kill myself if I can't move. Right? Right, I see, yeah. So anyways, that's where I was. That was my headspace. That's where I'm at. And I'm just like, what's the point? Right. Uh, my mind drifted back to my most severe depression. Uh, so I had, was hospitalized for it and I was able to walk at that point though and I saw a patient with catatonia mm -hmm. and just this simple glimpse into this patient's room I saw his friend bring him a coffee even though he couldn't drink it and that super small gesture of kindness had such a profound impact to me for several reasons one is like when I've been there I've been in the bed yeah you know and you're just in such a dark mindset you're like how can I be loved you know I'm a bird. People would just look at me and cry. Like, that's how much pain I'm in. They see it. I think at that point I can't mask it anymore. But I think I saw him being loved in spite of his illness. And that slight outside perception allowed me to believe it. You know? Yeah. And then I thought, like, this catatonic person, even though they weren't able to move, even though they weren't able to speak, had such a profound impact on me and they would never know. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, even though I'm catatonic now, even though I can't move and I can't speak, I can still have purpose. Right. Even though I can't experience happiness or joy or any positive emotion right now mm -hmm. or today or maybe in weeks. Like, I don't know, but I'll be able to experience that again. Yeah. I can still have purpose. I can still have an impact. Mm -hmm. And I think that simple shift. So then I started visualizing this swim, even though I couldn't move and speak. Yeah. I visualized swimming 350 kilometers totally absurd I visualize exactly what's happening now talking about it and opening up about it mm -hmm. even though I couldn't speak right um, and I gave that suffering purpose mm -hmm. and I decided that Interesting. 
instead of letting this suffering bring me down, yeah. it's exactly what I would lift myself up with. Right. Overcoming this right now is exactly what would make me inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I, at that time, I kind of embraced that side of me because the truth is I never opened up and talked about it because um, I, I was greeted very negatively when I did so. And so I just learned to shut up about it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, it allowed a, a switch to flick in my brain. I'm like, there's no shame in this. This is being ill. Yeah. You, know, you should not be ashamed for being ill. So if you're struggling with mental health, you should feel no shame. You do. The truth is you do feel shame because uh, people shame you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the real shame is in creating or participating a culture that shames those who are ill. 100%. So my why was a purpose statement. I, I wrote that purpose statement at the beginning of the summer. Is I'm a light for dark places. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the purpose statement I wrote out, which I didn't fully understand. Right. But that painful experience made me understand it. Wow. And um, Viktor Frankl's got a quote: "Is what is to give light must endure burning." Mm-hmm. And so I saw that. Love it. This moment in time, I would I would pull through. I kind of had a broader perspective mm-hmm. but it's this this exactly thing that would allow me to cast so much light exactly this pain that I was in right now mm-hmm. so I gave that pain purpose amazing oh that's so cool through that once you reach that point did you then decide okay I have to pick a cause to bring light to and if so how would you do that sure yeah I think coming, I'll, I'll just kind of explain coming out yeah, of the catatonia. Please. I think coming out of that is I focus on the smallest piece I possibly can. Amazing. Okay. Which for me is wiggling my right pinky finger. Mm-hmm. Moving my body is overwhelming. My brain chemistry makes it so, like, you take it for granted. Mm-hmm. I think most people are, you're not aware on how low you can go. Right. Most Most people. Mm-hmm. Some people have experienced it, but most people are, you're not aware of how low you can go. You're not aware that just your mind having command of your body, not everybody has that. Yeah. The ability to speak, not everybody has that. The ability to move, not everybody has that. The ability to feel positive emotions, like happiness, even though most of the time you feel, the ability to feel sadness, because you go numb, right? Right. All of these things you take for granted, you don't realize you have them until they're gone. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and anyways, I just break it down to the smallest piece and it's just wiggle my right pinky finger. And then once I can get that moving, then I go the next finger. And, the ne- and I keep gradually setting bigger and bigger yeah. goals and then get moving again. And then for me, fitness is my biggest coping mechanism. Um, so and I was like, do five push-ups. It took me 30 minutes to do five push-ups that first day. Wow. Because it just took everything. Like I can create yeah. five push-ups out with no problem because I'm, I'm in good shape. Right? Yeah. haven't always been that way. But when I'm in that state like it just takes absolutely everything i have to do like one push-up yeah and then the next day i'm like okay you can do five so now i do ten and i just keep setting bigger goals so i can move again mm-hmm. okay so we're getting real raw and real here right but uh so like i said for me i'm a spiritual person and it kind of comes from the heart you know mm-hmm. the swims i do i say the swims choose me you know it kind of just has something yeah. in my heart that like okay do this you know uh <laughs> It's it's kind of hard to be this raw and vulnerable, but so I was watching Moana. <laughs> it's like, girl, I thought yeah. you were gonna get into no, like yeah. some ridiculous sexual experience. No, and, no, and not that. Like, so yeah, not that raw vulnerable. Yeah, I'm like, ah, it's all right, dude. Dude, like, this is grown man. I was just depressed, right? Like, it was depressed as fuck. 
and I'm this grown ass man watching Moana, and I'm just like, I didn't think we were gonna go take that turn. Yeah, <laughs> I just watching Moana, and so I'm fucking depressed because my aunt Claire passed away from MS in 2019, and then my grandma passed away in 2020, the year mm -hmm. after. And so there's a scene in Moana, total spoiler, if you want to go watch it, go watch it now. Go watch Moana the now. Mo yeah. <laughs> the movie's been out for a year. Yeah, come on, go watch Moana. <laughs> you haven't seen it. Uh, anyways, there's just a point where the journey just seems totally fucking lost. Mm -hmm. Like, it all seems going to shit. Yeah. Um, and she's just, you know, the spirit of her grandma comes to visit her. Yeah. And to me, like, that's that was just... When my grandma passed away, all my sisters, like, they said they had a sign of her presence, and I got nothing. I was waiting for it, and it took a long time before I got it. But to me, it was there. Yeah, it watched me why that I was like, yeah. I felt my grandma with yeah. me. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't logical. It wasn't, like, it just, it was totally unreasonable. Interesting. Like, I can't move, I can't speak. I'm str At this point, I could, but I'm struggling to move, struggling to speak, struggling yeah. to do basic tasks. And I'm visualizing myself swimming 350 kilometers. Like, it just doesn't, Yeah. it doesn't make sense. It's Zero. not logical. No. Yeah. So finally, that day, I just give myself that, even though it doesn't make sense, just fucking go for it. Yeah. And I just started sobbing, man. Like, I was just grown-ass man sobbing. I was, like, in so much pain every day, and I couldn't feel anything, but that's the first time I felt something other than pain mm -hmm. since I, I that depression hit. Now, was that because you feel now is because you were able to, like, release it I think in that so. way? Like, it was hugely cathartic for me. Yeah. And you're just able to... Totally. It was hugely cathartic. And I just said, like, fuck it. I'm yeah. going for it, even though it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I'm going for it. Amazing. Amazing. And that kind of... Now, why MS? So I mentioned yeah. my aunt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, depression, mental health is a big one. Um, MS is a very broad illness, too. It's a neurological illness yeah. that affects the brain. It affects the way your brain communicates with your body. Okay. Right. So, like, my catatonia is not MS. I, I get to come out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people with severe MS don't. Right. Um, so I think there's a level of empathy for people who had MS because I knew, I've, even though I can't move and I can't speak, that I have a full mind present. Right. You know, and sometimes right. people... Trapped in your own body almost. Trapped in my own body. For me, it's temporary. It's a few days. Whoa. But some people, that's their life. Yeah. You know, and for my aunt, Man. it was her life for a while, not being able to move, mm -hmm. not being able to speak. Um... So yeah, I I think I think that's the sign of my grandma's like go for it and do it for Claire. You do know? it for oh, okay yeah. yeah it was kind of passing yeah. the torch of what yeah should be doing. So, and Interesting. So once you had your mind made up on you're doing it for your aunt Claire, where did um, where did step one begin? Like what would take us through what that process was like of step one going okay I'm doing it for MS and the MS Society of Canada where did that go like where was it okay step one what was what did that look like i think it's the puzzle you know um putting the pieces together starting to build the team was good so i had jill helping me out mm -hmm. uh craig and dan were pretty mm -hmm. there early on kim bruce another another episode another <laughs> everybody's on your podcast i know i love it yeah. i'm so grateful yeah. man, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. like i was i was looking through it and i was like oh man sorry i don't want to oh good yeah i can be grateful all day but your time so kim's awesome too go check yeah. out that episode um, I love Kim. So just, I forget, I forget, I, I just went on a Kim tangent. Now I don't remember. No, it was uh, about, um, step one, puzzle piecing. Oh yeah. yeah. So just started building the team and started mm -hmm. getting together. So now I had a swim plan with, uh, Craig and Dan gave me yeah. a, a swim plan. 
Um, and then Kim, I kind of planted this, and she's like all for it. She's like, let's go. Yeah. You know? She was yeah, very encouraging. Yeah, awesome. Amazing. Yeah, such a positive person. I knew I wanted her on the team, and I'm so, mm-hmm. like, I can I can say thank you to Kim all day. You know, just yeah. a real person. Amazing. Um, so then I was like, hey, I got to hop in the pool. Like, my technique sucks. Mm. Okay, I swam across Lake Wanapatea, but I'd only been swimming for nine months when I did that. Let's see. When I hopped in the pool, people were laughing at me because they're like, yeah. I, I, I was like, okay, i got to hop in the pool. I'm going to start swimming again. Uh, people were laughing at me. It's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Because I basically mostly self-taught myself. I got a few pointers from my sister. But basically, huh. I was just in the lake not really knowing what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just kind of going for it. Got to just swim. Yeah. When I swam Lake Wanapate, I didn't know how to bilaterally breathe, which mm-hmm. is a pretty fundamental skill, which is breathing on both sides. Yes. And, like, my stroke was really wonky. So much so that when I was in the pool, people would laugh at me. Wow. Like, what's this guy doing, you know? You're like, you're swimming so inefficiently. Like, had that comment a few times. Yeah. That's a nice way of saying. You suck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You said it. I was cleaning up the I'm good to say it. I'll let you. But, like, my response to that was bizarre. I got (laughs) fucking pumped. Yeah. So I'm just like. I made it across Wanapate with this stroke. Just like wait till I know. I can do anything. Like wait till I Watch know what I'm doing. Training. Yeah, yeah. I like okay to do bad too. Like yeah. I don't think I can get it on just pure grit. Like I actually have to know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, you gotta swim. Yeah, I had to get Water. some better technique. Uh, so I joined master swimming. Mm, amazing. Um, for Sudbury, uh, and Coach Phil Parker, another gem of a human being. Amazing. Uh, just really helped my meet progress technically. Mm-hmm. I think swimming with him for like two months or like a month and a half, I was swimming like 1.5 times faster at like much lower effort. He just Incredible. gave me proper technique. Yeah, you know? man. Incredible. And what's cool, I think, too, at those at that stage when you're like a beginner in something, which is hilarious, I almost feel like I'm insulting you by saying that. Well, dude, I swam but, with you. Yeah. You're like, technique wise, you're probably still a better swimmer than me. <laughs> like, for yeah. real. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not just saying that. You know, you have way more swimming experience than me. I'm just a fucking crazy man. You hearing man. this? You <laughs> hearing this? Everybody. I'm a pure mental fucking beast. That's what I got. Yeah, from I me. love it, dude. Yeah. It's infectious being around <laughs> you. And I think what's cool, though, in that is what that has to say is to anybody who wants to learn anything new, who's afraid, when you're put around the right people, you have so much more to gain when you're starting something then even more than, oh, you've been doing it for 15, 20 years. Well, it's like you swim a couple times a week for a couple, for like two months, you're saying, or a month and whatever, two weeks. You're like, I got so much faster with so little, like so less effort accomplishing those time swims. What? You're like, how does that, how does that work? Whereas somebody like, we'll use me for the examples, like more experience swimming, hilarious. <laughs> so funny. But doing that and going swimming that same amount of time and that I wouldn't get nearly as much progression or growth in my technique or and so by doing that exact same amount of stuff I wouldn't see quite the same no no like you, amount the of more progress. more you have like you're yeah. like when you're at the top of your sport or mm-hmm. reaching the top of your sport you're scratching for that like 0.1% edge yeah man you know yeah you have more to gain when you just start something but nobody wants to just start nobody wants to look like a fool yeah which but I it's say the gonna joy, happen I say the joy of looking that's like probably a fool. your favorite yeah, I'm like whatever you know, I, I can laugh at myself <laughs> and have a good time you that's know? probably like the biggest superpower I don't have to take it too seriously yeah, yeah which I think is awesome and you said it too earlier you said about um, you're like I just 
I just don't care. Fuck it. I'm gonna swim around the island. And it's like, you having that almost nonchalant, like, not caring, like, really caring about it, but investing all your time, effort, and energy to it, being able to compartmentalize the two and separating them is like, eh, whatever, I'm gonna go swim the island. You're taking it seriously. Like, you're taking, taking yourself and the preparation seriously. It'll be just like... Yeah, well, right. if, you're, if you're not going to enjoy it, why are you going to do it? Yeah, which is really interesting to me. Because right? I find a lot of the better performers that I talk to are the people who achieve these higher, accomplishing, higher level, higher status goals that they want. They have almost like a, yeah, I don't really care. Like on the days, I'm just like, yeah, just here to have fun. I'm gonna, you know, they put in the work. They're focused when they're there. They know because they go in. They've set themselves up to succeed. They're like, okay, you're like, I know if I show up, I just got to show up and swim. Right? And having that, like, eh, go show up and swim. Your brain kind of switches, right? And you're able to flip I think it. for me, like, people say, how do you do the shit you do? Mm -hmm. When you go, I never thought I would live, live an ordinary life ever again. Mm -hmm. When I was 29 years old, I thought I would never live an ordinary life again. Because of that first, that was my first experience of catatonia. Mm -hmm. And just going from not moving, not speaking, to be able to move when I wanted to, like, that seemed totally fucking impossible to me. Mm hmm so I think that blew my mind open on, like, what I can do. Yeah, I bet. In a weird way. You know, that huge setback. <clears throat> just overcoming that again, like, just opened my mind onto what's possible. Just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. Right. And I would recommend choosing yeah. a goal you think you can't do. Because if you get to prove yeah. yourself wrong on that one, yeah. that's a huge mental mindset shift. Interesting. And even if you don't achieve it, like we said, you're going to grow a fuck ton. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Now, how do you go about choosing these goals that are ridiculous? I think it's got to be something meaningful to you. Mm -hmm. There's no good or bad choice. Like I could have easily chose running. I could have easily chose um, mountain climbing or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, or writing or choose something that's meaningful to you and something you think you'll get enjoyment out of. The truth is, if I'm being honest, I didn't enjoy swimming at first. Maybe I should say that. When I first started swimming, I hated it because I was no good at it. Yeah. Like, that was like nine months. I think I talked about that last time. But then mm -hmm. once I got good at it, then I loved it. So I yeah. think there is an investment, that initial investment period. Yeah, it's big. Where just stick it out for a bit. Mm -hmm. And if you still don't enjoy it after, like, I don't know, Five months, whatever. Don't give yourself your own timeline. I give and myself then quit. three. Yeah, I have three for everything. Me, I'm like three. I need three years to do something, and where after it, I feel comfortable enough where I'm like, okay, I'm now proficient. Like for me, three years and stuff. Well, podcasting a little sooner, but three months when it's okay, I'm trying something now. Because like for example, with jujitsu, it took me like three and a half, four, five, six months before I even tapped anybody out. But I was doing well in positions. I just didn't know any submissions at the time. So I was like, I was starting to get the hang of it the first couple of times, maybe not so much. So yeah, I think three months is what I've found to be like a standard when I talk to a lot of people about this subject. So I'm wondering, I'm like, ooh, like you said, don't like figure out your own timelines, timelines, but I'd be curious to know like what happens around that three month mark of doing it relatively consistent. Yeah. See. I think once you get better at something, you enjoy it more. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and you want to find a way to almost keep doing it right and sustaining the enjoyment of it without plateauing your enthusiasm because I think that's huge too. I think taking like that's part of my athletic cycles. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not swimming. Right. Right. Do I want to swim? Yes, but if I don't swim, then I miss it. Yeah. You know, so I, I consciously 
will give my salt like an absence of it for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then get back to it. Because right. if, you're, if you're doing it all the time, all the time, like you're just going to burn out. Yeah, it's true. Now, throughout the course of um, all your training and stuff, did you have, take me through like, if you can, in the process of like, just training focus, not so much everything else, but what was your, uh, do you have a favorite moment from like your training, uh, like the lead up to it? Like all your training and stuff that happened in the process of, okay, I've met with Dan and Craig, now it's time to get to work. From that day to like when you tapered off and it was go time. Do you have a thing like training focused? Hmm. Do you have like a favorite day of training or like, oh, I just, I had to swim 10K and I swam with a bunch of people. The water was really nice. Like something like that. I'll put two. Nice. I don't favorite day, maybe experience. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, this is another one I'm reflecting on. It's just like, I don't know if you can see my arm. I'm holding my arm in the middle. Oh yeah, dead center. Yeah, perfect. So like, I feel like most people were kind of around the middle here. Mm -hmm. And most people want to avoid this, the downs, yes. right? Yeah. But I think the catch-22 in that is if you avoid the down, you don't experience this. Right. So if you want to experience this, you got to experience this. Right. And the flip side is this, like, there's like a kickback either way. So if I experience this, I'm going to get a kickback this way. If I experience this, I'm going to kick back this way. Right. Uh, so I'm pointing down an arm for those who are just listening. Yeah, it's going up, down, peaks, valley. Yeah, so like cold training-wise, cold training fucking sucks. Yes. There's no way around it. Like being in the cold when you're not used to it Miserable. is not a good time. But as soon as you get out of the cold, then your brain releases endorphins. Mm -hmm. And then you feel great. Oh, yeah, you feel really good. Yeah. The, I'm experiencing the opposite effect of that now. Like I was on cloud fucking nine when I finished the swim, and now it's over and done. And so there's a huge kickback pain-wise, you know. Mm -hmm. But also the reason why I appreciated that finish so much is because I know how much work went into that one moment. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot, yeah. Yeah. So training-wise, I had like a mini Manitoulin simulation mm. uh, where I was swimming 10k every day in the pool. So I, I mentally, like, I can't say it was my favorite. I think what I got out of it, the feeling of accomplishment when I was done, and yeah. the lessons that I learned, I was consciously cultivating flow state. Nice. So flow state is this psychological state that's just like the best to be in. Like you wouldn't think it's a good time to be swimming 10 kilometers in a pool with mm -hmm. your thoughts. No. But if you're in flow state, it's the fucking best. You know, that's, it's kind of like a drug. You know, that's what keeps you coming back to do these crazy things. You know, is that flow state? Like, it's just like yeah. this unreal high. You know, which you wouldn't expect. Like swimming ten kilometers in a pool, really. You know, like yeah, but, interesting. So I was kind of consciously cultivating that state, and uh, during that challenge, I had a lot of flows. I had both positives and negative. Like yeah. It's sensory deprivation to be in the pool and swim that many laps, and it was hard. Um, uh, basically, I, I compared it to like the mind eating itself. Like mm -hmm. you, you got no s stimulation to your brain, right? So your mind starts creating it. So the, there's a switch that flitch it, flicks where your mind goes from eating itself to feeding itself. Whoa. So it starts to, like create its own stimulation. Also, like the mind, I've learned a lot about myself. I say the mind because you're not your thoughts. You're not your mind. No. Which is a weird thing Crazy, to say. Yeah. I don't think you're your mind. You're more than your mind. Um, but, uh, yeah, what was I saying? I had a thought process. You're more than, more than your mind? Yeah. yeah. It's a flow, let's talk about flow state. Sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought there. The, the human brain, and I think you're right, not only are we as oh, humans yeah. able, yeah, okay, we're yeah, able to go. I think I got back. 
So, like, the mind always wants more. Yes. More, more, more. Give mm -hmm. me more of this. Give me yeah. more of that. That's like, I'm in a low right now because my mind wants more of what I just had. Mm -hmm. But my mind doesn't realize, like, that's not fucking life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. your, your life is not these highs. Like, my mind doesn't realize how much hard work went into creating this high. A lot, yeah. And it was like, give me more of that experience. And, like, those experiences don't just happen. Like, no. they just... They take so much work and effort, but your mind doesn't realize. It's like, more, give me more of that, you know? <laughs> um, so if you always feed into that, that's a recipe for misery. Right. Because then you require more to be in a neutral state with your brain. Uh, like, happiness is a skill you can cultivate. Interesting. So I meditate a lot on happiness during that swim, because I've experienced both extremes. Yes. Um, and the, the painful process of consciously giving yourself less... It's painful. Mm -hmm. Nobody, you, your mind doesn't want to do it. You don't want to do it. Right. But by consciously giving yourself less, then you reset your neutral state, and things seem like more. Like my drive home were trippy because I'm just like, there's things in the world other than a blue line. <laughs> you know, there's, there's other colors than blue. You know, Ooh, like there's green trees. You know, like Whoa. all this stuff you take for granted. You know, but jeez, I never uh, would have thought of that, eh? <laughs> I guess so, eh? Your brain just piles in the stimulation it was lacking. Yeah. And then you're like, whoa. Oh, yeah. You Overwhelming. Just get marveled by, like, way simpler things because you literally didn't give your mind... Like, it's not a good time. Like, mm -hmm. um, it's not, I, it could be unhealthy. Like, you want to be careful with that, obviously. Yeah. I think too much sensory deprivation is definitely a bad thing. Yes. Um, but, yeah. And the, that flow state is kind of like... Yeah. Consciously cultivating that flow state, like I kind of had a routine where I med I meditate before every swim mm -hmm. to kind of tell my brain, like, we're going to do this thing that we love to do. And that is often a very big trigger for flow. Uh, also, like, the challenge, if I'm doing, if I'm challenging and pushing myself, that's a big trigger for flow. Yeah. So the fact that I was swimming 10K every day for 14 days, that was 140 kilometers in 14 days, like, I'd never done that no. much swimming. So that, ch I was definitely challenging and pushing myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's like a very big trigger for flow. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. So take me through your meditation process, and what I want to know too, um, as you go through it, how did it change? How did your meditation process change over the course of your uh, training? I have different types of meditation, but the one I do before swimming is basically like an emptying of the mind. Mm -hmm. I kind of try to just focus on my breath. I think people... We're such like a productive society that when people go to meditate, they're like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. That's, that's the point. <laughs> you're consciously trying to train your focus. Your mind's bouncing around like crazy because yeah. you it's training your brain. Hmm. Uh, meditation is, is training for your brain, especially training your focus. Right. Focus is a muscle, like mental muscle. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, so I basically just try to focus just on my breath mm -hmm. and try to empty my mind of everything. And just, yeah. it's kind of a signal to my body, like, it's fucking go time. <laughs> You know? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And then you're able to kind of call... That helps you get into the flow state. Totally. Yeah. Definitely a link uh, between the times I meditate and and swim. There doesn't necessarily need to be meditation before. Often routine is a big trigger for flow state. Yeah. Like I did a lot of research on flow state because not always, but a lot of peak performance comes when you're in flow state. You need to live there. Yeah. It's, or at least rent. Yeah. You know? I mean, not always. I've had peak performances out of flow state, but nice. there, it's definitely a lot more fun when you're in flow state. <laughs> you yeah, know? man. I can it's just like this effortless, like you're pushing yourself to your max, to your limits, 
and you're just like on this high and you don't feel the pain and you kind of lose sense of time and space you know it's just i don't know it's hard to describe it unless you've been there interesting and i think i like that you said too it's like you're almost you're consciously trained you're training your brain yeah i consciously right? trained yeah. my brain to enter flow that's a skill that i've cultivated wow just based on like trial and error of how to get into the uh, I read a lot of research papers. Yeah. It's like, like I'm huge into psychology, so I mm. forget his name, unfortunately. I was going to ask. There's a book called Straight Up Flow. That's a, that's a good one to read. It's called Straight Up Flow? It's, no, it's just called Flow. No, it's called Straight Up, it's called Flow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just called Amazing. Flow. Amazing. That was a good one. Thanks, buddy. I read like just a yeah. few random research papers online trying to... Because I want more. Like That's just an yeah. awesome experience. You know, The first time I triggered Flow was unintentionally. I didn't know what it was. And it was just like, yeah, this is so cool. One more, you know. Interesting. Do you have so one thing I've kind of admired about you is your your practice of this G word called gratitude. Ah, thanks, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I mean that. And what's cool about it to me is I've noticed something because I've started to do it the more and more and more like in the last six to eight months. And the more I practice gratitude, the more, and like consciously doing it, like, hey, I'm like, this is what I'm grateful for. Or one thing I'm curious about with you is how have you, how has being grateful or expressing gratitude helped you? That's actually for me a huge trigger to flow state. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Amazing. I try to swim, I swim with my heart. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I let, I try to let my heart guide my mind uh and i swim from a place of gratitude because i realize like not many people get to swim all day every day like i kind of made my life to be able to do that but it's also a place of gratitude to be able to do these things i have mm -hmm. people who've gathered around me to be able to do it uh yeah. the people have given me invested their time in me their resources in me they put a belief in me All everybody who surrounds me i kind of swim with my heart and then i remind myself also, who I'm swimming for. Huge, yeah. You know, and I'm grateful that, like, I have this body able to do these amazing things. Yeah. You know? So I definitely swim with my heart, and I try to swim with gratitude. I feel like gratitude is the best um, defense against, like, it's the best ingredient for happiness in your life. Because happiness so. is a skill. And it's a yeah. skill that can be cultivated. Mm -hmm. People don't think that. Yeah, they like they need all these things to do. It's like mm, you gotta give. Yeah, yeah, giving is huge. I think just realizing what you have. Like, yeah. I, I think I did this with you once, but I'll do it right now. I love it. Yeah, when we go here. So, if it's what I this is kind of my brief explanation mm -hmm. of gratitude. So, people try this at home. Try this at home with me here. Sorry. Yeah, trust me, it'll change your life for the better. I hope. <laughs> Fine. So, out. pick a color, any color, and say it to yourself out loud. You can do this along. Yeah, okay. Um, red. So now you look around the room, and your brain immediately starts picking up. It red. filters for red. It filters looking for that color. Yeah. Now you can do, that's a very concrete example, but you can do the same thing with emotion. Right. Um, so gratitude is giving your brain reasons to be happy. Well, cool. So... You don't want to just think about the things that make you happy. You want to go back on your day and visualize it and try to feel the what you yeah. felt. Um, and you are consciously training your brain to be happy. Mm -hmm. If Epic. you do that. Epic. I love that. 
So let's fast forward um, through the training, the vigorous media, the fun fundraising. Um, did you uh, take me through day one? Yeah, we haven't what even are, talked about the actual yeah. expedition yet. We kind what of talked about the journey, uh, the process to get in there. But that's the fun part, right? That's yeah. what we live for. But I'm curious, what? Uh, take me through day one. What did uh, day one of the MSMSMS Mister Manitoulin swim look like? Sure. Yeah, day one, I was freaking the fuck out. <laughs> That's the honest truth, you know. I've, uh, I've, I talk about openly mental health, like I have an anxiety disorder. So if you're doing something like this, there's, there's anxiety. Oh yeah, you're peeking out. Oh yeah, you're fucking yeah. freaking out. Like my brain is like, what the fuck are you about to do yeah, to us? You, you know, thinking? like it's yeah. so outside of my comfort zone. It's so outside of the realm of my experience. You know, um, I know I draw from past experience a lot. Mm -hmm. I think. You do need to consciously train your brain. Yeah. You know, um, I'm doing a little bit of an aside here. I'm doing a plug for Christine. Christine was my captain, who I absolutely love, uh, and an amazing human being. Could definitely yeah. not have done this swim without her. Uh, but she said, like, Matt, there's something different that sets you apart from other athletes. Mm -hmm. um, it's like you swim, like, with joy. Like, you swim from this joyful place, you yeah. know? And I think that comes from mental training. Like, mm -hmm. I, I spend more time training my brain than I do training my body. And I spend a lot of time training my body. Yeah. Um, but I spend more time training my brain. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think you need to put yourself in a situation where you don't think you can do something and you do it. Because <laughs> yeah. just that one experience will be life-changing for you because then you will have a concrete example that just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Mm -hmm. now, you're, now that's in your realm of experience. And you're going to fucking amaze yourself at the crazy shit you can do. Yeah. Like, I think you are just tapping the surface of your potential and you can do so much more than you believe you can. Mm -hmm. And you just need that one experience or once you get multiple of them, then you just keep snowballing. Yeah. Right? Um, so I was drawing for my first swim in Lake Huron. Like, the reason I, I chose to swim around Mantulin, um was my first swim in Lake Huron. It was just awesome. It was flow state, that whole swim. It's just like this unreal high. But leading up to that swim, I was so anxious for like two weeks ahead of time. Yeah, I bet. I was like trembling before I hopped in the water. But as soon as I hopped in the water, like I killed it. Yeah, so everything's I'm, good. Two of my mantras is fear is fuel, stress is strength. Like I, I try to re... Like you're gonna feel these things, at least mm -hmm. me, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I try to let them build me up instead. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So that first... Uh, so that first day, I was freaking fucked out. First day was crazy. So... I was... Yeah, sorry. No, I was a little little disappointed I wasn't able to make it out. Yeah. Things happened on my end, but I'm glad I was there for the end, which we'll get to. Yeah, yeah. We will get to. Yeah, we'll get to. I haven't we talked about... Well, definitely, to. I'll give like a play-by-play -play <laughs> of the expedition with us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. So there's a few things that kind of come up through the process of... Um, tell me about your... So you swam four days. For the first four or five days, you swam, correct? Yeah. And then what happened? Yeah, I'm going to back up a bit if you don't okay, mind. Yeah, like yeah, going do back, think? I kind of sidetracked with that mm. first day. Um, yeah, I was, I think like, I, I can be open and honest about the level of anxiety I was experiencing. It was overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I was experiencing. I was experiencing mm. overwhelm. There's so much to process that I was crying. Like my, like that level of stress. Yeah. Okay. Right. It was just too much. Standing out on the shore, looking out on the lake, I'm like, day one is going to be a personal best. 
day one, I'm swimming 21 kilometers, which is further than I've ever swum. Amazing. And I've got like 30 days of this to yeah. go, you know? Epic. It's my, like, I'm just staring at the lake. I'm just so nervous. We had a drum circle, which really brought us together. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Rick, Christine's husband, um, came, he, like, gem of a human being. I'm going to give out to the crew, like, shout out to the crew that came with me. Christine, Rick, Greg, and Mel were there to start the expedition. Amazing. And Koyak, they're, they're Malinois. Koyak. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I was, I was just staring and, and freaking out, like, just so outside my realm of experience, like, how the hell are you going to do this? Like, whatever, I just started swimming, like, I mm -hmm. committed to it, right? I, I, I take decision-making out of it at that point. Right. Like, I, I've already committed to doing this, I'm going to do it, no matter what, yeah. you know? Yeah. So those first, first 50 minutes, I was swimming like absolute shit. Like, I was just so in my head that, like... I was just swimming yeah. horribly. Uh, but I, I think important life lesson there too, I let my support team know. Mm. I think yeah, it's huge. when you're hurting, you got to let your support team know. Like in life too, not just in the yeah. swim, right? So like Christine and Mel were on the boat and I just let them know, like, I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm so in my head right now. Like I just need some hype to be able to like switch that mindset. Yeah. They just started cheering me on and it took 15 minutes. And yeah. once I switched mindset, then... I fucking killed that swim. Yeah, it was no just kidding. awesome. I just Dude, just epic. crushed it. It was a personal best distance yeah. wise, and it was just such a beautiful day. Swam by Strawberry Lighthouse, just like really scenic, just swimming by yeah. these islands, and like a fishing boat stopped to like donate fifty bucks. That's hilarious. That's awesome. like, what the hell is this guy doing? You know, like you go, oh, swimming okay, out cool, here. here. Like they're like, don't you know the water temp was? I think they said fifty nine. You're something like, like it changes nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we uh, landed in Wikwemekong. So day one, I, I look up at a Google map if you want to follow along. I started in Little Current at Harborview Marina, and I finished in Wikwemekong day one, which mm -hmm. is an indigenous territory, uh, unceded territory. So it's like the only, um, they haven't signed like a treaty with Canada. It's like still independent land, basically. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. My first time there, like I didn't know this planning out the expedition. Like I learned so much about indigenous culture and history and Rick uh, is an indigenous um, history prof, like so indigenous culture prof. So I oh, learned that's cool. so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, dude, that's fascinating. Take us through the rest of the day. Yeah, rest well, he would days. lead us most days through a smudge, mm. uh, which you did one with us. Yeah, that was crazy, yeah. dude. I, uh, I, uh, I wish I went last. Yeah, I think you, you don't know what it is. Yeah, right? I like, wish we went last. That yeah. was the one uh, one thing I did not. Well, not didn't like. Because you didn't have an experience like, of it. You yeah, know what it was. but yeah. It, so when I heard what you guys said, I was like, my answer sucks. <laughs> Dude, I, never like, I did not do well yeah. on this one, but that's okay. I'll uh, I'll make it. Yeah, I'll it's basically it. like I don't know. Funny. Look it up. I think the best way is to experience it. But it's basically a way yeah. to express gratitude. And I don't know much about indigenous spirituality, but. It's, they really connect with the, the land, uh, which that sort of spirituality really feeds me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, swimming in Lake Huron is a spiritual experience for me. Yeah. Like, they view the lake as a being. Hundo. Like, yeah. They see it as alive, you know. Yeah. Uh, which I feel. I really do. Like, I don't know. Felt whole, held and embraced by Lake Huron, you know. Um, cool. I never, like... I hate the expression, like, maybe I don't want to speak badly about people, but conquer the lake, you know, like... Yeah. For, for me, I would never say that. Right, you're kind of becoming one. The lake will fucking put me down if it wants to. Yeah. Like, I'm not stronger than the lake. Nothing. No, it lets me swim. Yeah. It lets me swim. And, uh, it's a good attitude to have towards that, I think. 
I swim with good. the lake, not against the lake. Mm. Like, if the lake is saying no, then I will listen. Yeah. You know? Um, and, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just feel that sort of presence in the lake. And it's just, I don't know, it's hard to describe. So, a few days in, um, take me through the decision to... Uh, the downfall. Take me through the. Uh, yeah, take so, me through that. So as we're going south, uh, water temperatures are getting progressively colder. Mm-hmm. I think day two they were down to fifty-five uh, Fahrenheit. Yeah. I tried train four. I trained yeah. for the fifties, and that's what I was expecting um, to be like probably near the coldest I was experiencing. I was able to swim all day, every day. In that we had a bit of a scare on day two, just because um, logistically it was a lot more remote than I had thought. Substantially, yeah. Yeah. No cell reception, uh, not really good roads. And so, like, through nobody's fault, like, I'll take responsibility. I led the expedition. But we were, we were supposed to do a, I was supposed to do a six-kilometer swim, and ended up being a 16-kilometer swim, you know? Yeah. Um, which caused a lot of stress and anxiety on, on my crew. Um, and I think the uh, linking up with the ground crew at the end wasn't as smooth as we would have liked it to. And with mm-hmm. those cold water temperatures, we're like, okay, this... Is potentially dangerous, you know. Um, so we took some time to plan. It was three to five foot waves, you know. So took some time to plan, recharge, recover, reassess. Uh, went forward uh, the next day and started at 55. It was just such a beautiful, beautiful day. Like water was crystal clear. We woke up at sunrise. Swimming places probably nobody's ever swum. Probably mm-hmm. very few boats have gone. Uh, just swimming by like sheer cliffs. And the oh, water's just cool. like a beautiful color, so calm. Oh. And it's like such a peaceful, serene scene. Yeah. And I'm just like, bam. I just like, my skin just starts stinging. Like I hit a wall of cold water. So you got hypothermia? <laughs> I'm getting there, man. Let me storytell it. Yeah. You're spoiling the ending. <laughs> I want to like drop it. Unless, unless I'm talking too long. Oh, no, I'm like, I got to move ahead, man. Flip it. Yeah. Yeah. Trigger but, word. Uh, yeah. So my skin just starts fucking stinging. Like, it just starts burning everywhere. And I pop up my head to Christine. I say one thing. I go, fuck, it's cold. I just say, fuck, it's cold. She says, swim. And it's actually safer to keep swimming in that situation. Yes. Because you're generating body heat. And also, uh, after drops a phenomenon. So your, your body, to survive, prioritizes your organs in your brain. So it sends the blood there. Yeah. And then when you get out of the water, it redistributes it to the whole body. Yeah. So then, when you get out of the cold water, like if you don't have that experience, you would think you're going to warm up, but you experience the opposite. Your body temperature drops even more from getting out of the water. Whoa. Um, so, anyways, I'm just swimming. I can feel my my fingers inflate to sausages. I can feel my feet inflate like balloons. My blood yeah. drain from my lips. Like it's just not a good time. <laughs> it's just not a good time. I like can't. I lose movement no. in my hands. Like I. Yeah. They're kind of like. Uh, they're not like loose, but like I just can't move my fingers. I can't move my fingers at all. I can just maybe move the tip just a little bit. And I'm able to keep like, I call it type 2 fun. Like in the moment, it fucking sucked. Type 2 fun. But when you look back, now you, I got a badass story. Yeah, I call yeah. it uh, the roller coaster and the mountain hike. Where it's like the roller coaster is fun while you're doing it, but after you're like, whatever. Yeah. Right? You're not like, hey, remember 16 years ago when we went on that roller coaster ride? The seventh time? That was fun. No. Yeah. Or there's like the expedition, the adventure fun. Yeah. The adventure version, yeah. It's like it's fun after the fact. 
Totally. Type yeah, the fun. type too fun. In the moment, it fucking sucked. Like, it wasn't a good time. Like, I'm going to lie. But now I got a pretty sweet story out of it. Yeah, so. no kidding. Um, yeah, I got, got out of the water. Like, when Christine said, 600 <laughs> meters, like, I just turned up the gas and got out of there. And I got out of the water. I was shivering so much. Yeah. I was like, you got to strip buck naked to get it to, to close. And I, <laughs> I uh, hesitated because I looked down and my dick was gone. Like, <laughs> I didn't know dicks could do that. That is one thing I learned on this expedition. Oh. Like, my dick was an idiot. I didn't know it was capable of that. So I, I was concerned. Even. I was concerned. Uh, so I, 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 you know, checked to see if my equipment was good. And it hey, was man, good. all organs got a rush inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my body preserved it, so I'm happy for that. I didn't yeah, lose my dick. So. Good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers to dick. Right here, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Cheers to dick, dude. <laughs> Um, oh, what are you saying? <laughs> so then I okay. got into the uh, silver blanket and like got all my toque and hat yeah. on and shit and warmed up. And thanks to Gerald for opening up his place for us. And I think the indigenous hospitality like was life saving. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, they opened up their homes on short notice. And Amazing. Incredibly grateful for that. But then had a few team meetings where it wasn't safe to continue on, and yeah. I was obviously quite uh, devastated with that news. Like I knew that. It was the non-controllables. You know, the lake was saying no. The lake was saying no. Uh, there was no point pushing it. Like, I had a few 20-kilometer swims. If I was struggling to swim three kilometers in this temperature, like, 20 is not happening. No. You know? Yeah. Um, so we had to 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 not swim the south side. So I was, I was devastated, if I'm being honest. So it was kind of a real raw moment for me because I trained so hard for this. and wasn't the mm -hmm. outcome I wanted. You know? Yeah. you got to be process-focused. I think that's a big one. Um, but the reality is, like, we do care about outcome. You know, yeah, we, as much as you yeah, want to be process fulfillment, you do care about outcome. Um, so it wasn't the outcome that I wanted. Mm -hmm. But um, we, my team was absolutely amazing. Like on very short notice, we rested, recharged, replanned. Amazing. Uh, and then we called it phase two. So that first phase, I swam just shy of 50 kilometers in three days, like three swimming days. Um, and then phase two, I swam uh, 100 kilometers in six swimming days. So Jeez. we had one rest day in there. Um, wow. but, uh, yeah, I, I kind of drew inspiration from people who have MS. I was swimming for people who have MS. So I, I definitely drew a lot of inspiration from you who are struggling from MS. Um, that's not the way you want your life to go. You know, no. when you receive a diagnosis for an illness like this or me depression, that's not the way I wanted my life to go. No. You know, or whatever illness, cancer, you know, whatever life blow, like you, you receive, that's not the way you want your life to go. Oh, God, no. And you need to have a grieving period. Like, you need to let, process that low and let, let that low happen. Um, but then, you can't just stay there. Well, you can, but that's just not a good time, you know. Mm -hmm. You just got to make the best with your situation. So, yeah. my team was amazing at that. You know, a credible support system. And uh, hop back in for phase two. And Epic. swim so many awesome swims on the north side like top memories for me is like day one of not too mentally stimulating but I was swimming like 3k an hour for like 7 hours which to me is awesome yeah it's quick um, you know I swam some personal bests I think uh, one day I swam faster than 3k an hour you know it was just Jeez. cool so all these these crazy distances day after day these awesome swims day after day um, and just kind of like connecting with the lake connecting with nature just the, the hospitality we receive, people opening their homes to us, people giving us food, mm -hmm. 
Um, it was just, it was just unreal. I think the beauty that I saw in the people around us, yeah, was awesome. Like I don't know, it was just a, I saw the best in humanity during yeah. the trip. You know, I saw people at their best, and that was kind of awesome to just experience that. You know, I think the the dark came to hit again the day before last. The day before last was that seven kilometer recovery swim. Yeah, uh, and kind of gross, but I swam through a sea of dead fish. It's like a bunch of tiny dead floating fish. Which I'm concerned, like, should I be swimming in this? You know? Yeah, yuck. When I finished that swim, like, I could sense Christine was low. I'm like, what's going on? And mm-hmm. I think um, we had a lot of uh, logistical problems. Mm-hmm. And um, we didn't have enough crew, mm-hmm. right? So I was three days out, and Christine was kind of devastated. I was kind of... A, the whole team, was morale was real low, because we're like, oh, we don't think it's happening. We don't think it's finishing. And I'm like, I'm three days out, don't have enough crew, I'm calling, calling, making hours of phone calls to try to to find someone to come and help me. Pops into my head, like, I can't even find one person, yet alone the amount that we need. Instead of doing this in three days, I'll just do it in one. Now I just need to find one person on the boat, because we don't need a ground crew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just Perfect. like, yeah, I'm just going to step up and swim all three days in one. Uh, and then I got you who came and saved the day. Let's go! Let's go! Hero! Let's go! Amazing. Let me drop that bomb. Dude, that was crazy. Because I was going to ask you like the craziest slash the last 24 hours, but I feel that was all pieced together. But um, for me, I remember, so I was supposed to, I was working at helping my friend Finn, um, at uh, John Island. So I was there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, supposed to be there Sunday, but he had to come back to pick up a rental car the Sunday morning, right? So f- I show, I am like, oh, my Sunday's booked off, cancel my guitar, cancel like a couple appointments at dinner, whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'll have Sunday booked off. Around 2.33, I'm coming back into town and it's maybe about five at this point. I'm almost in town. I'm around McCarrow, right? And it's about half hour outside of Sudbury, whatever. And I remember getting a text from you and then I said, it's read something like, hey, man, like, uh, give me a shout when you can, or can you come on the boat? Something like that. So I was like, okay. Because I remember giving you a message a while, a couple, like a few days prior, and be like, yo, man, like, if you need a hand, I got room I can play with. We're not as busy as we were, right? Our hours are, like, substantially less. So I'm like, I got some room to f- feed to you and the show uh, and the expedition. And then I remember I called you, and you're like, dude. So craziest thing. I'm swimming 26 kilometers. Need you to come up to the island. Need you to be on the boat tomorrow. We're going to be swimming. Uh, I'm like, when do you start? And you're like, 5.30 a.m., bright and early. I was like, <laughs> yeah. It was a big ass. Yeah, man. Give me a whole no, day on the boat. It was humongous. Yeah. It was yeah. like, yeah, like um, 12 hours, 13 hours before. Yeah, very started. short notice. Like, very short notice. The shortest yeah. amount of time. Heads up. So I go. I'm like, ah, oh, Finn. Like, I want to do it. I want to go see Matt. Like, I want to go do it. And he's like, Just go do it. And I was like, good point i'm gonna go do it i'll help mom like it was the to me it was the it was your last day and i had the sunday that i was like uh it's lining up perfectly so like i get to go help you out see you and see you finish so i get all these things that i'm able to do at the benefit of helping out your goal and contributing and supporting i get to do all those things so i'm like this is hilarious it's it's working out this is the opportunity so then i remember going and you're like, I was going to leave at 3 a.m. to make it there. 
to make it to Rick's place, the guy, uh, the gentleman who was hosting you guys at the time. So I remember showing up, right, and morale, you kind of give me a heads up, you're like, yo, morale's a little low. I was like, okay. So I'm coming in, like, pissing vinegar, fresh as a daisy, <laughs> ready to go, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. And you're like, hey, everybody's like, hey, man, like, you were pretty good, you seemed pretty excited, everybody seemed like you could tell the vibe was low. And I remember seeing Rick, the guy whose house we were staying at, and that changed the whole... Yeah, 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 that's period. awesome, you do I was like, yo, what's up, yeah, I know him, I've been training yeah. with him for four and a half years. Yeah. I was like, the guy's a menace. And so that was funny. So then we ended up drinking until like 1130, <laughs> 11.45. And then I went to bed in the back of my van, woke up at 10 after 5. You went, you up? And I'm like, I am now. Let's do it. Yeah. And then, yeah, we got to, uh, got to watch the rest of the, got to experience the last day, make sure you're fed. And um, yeah, help you out. I do want to talk about that time. last day. I definitely want to talk about that last. Yeah, day. that uh, that last day was crazy, dude. I can only imagine. What was it? Uh, what was that last little bit like for you? That last swim. Well, like when you came, it definitely lifted morale. My morale for damn sure. Score. You know, like I uh, gratitude, man. Fucking through the roof Thanks. for coming to absolutely coming to save us in a pinch there. You know, I, swear to, I tried. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I'm really appreciate that, no uh, especially coming to spend like what was it, ten hours on a boat, something like that. Yeah, that? ten minutes. Yeah, about ten. Um, yeah, that, that first day was just like, so peaceful. The mm. lake was glass when I started. You remember that? Dude, you couldn't have asked for better conditions. It was perfect in. conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect conditions, like just glass. And I was just, you know, peacefully swimming. And I knew at this point, there's no fucking way I'm stopping. Like there's just so much that has gone into this swim. Like the only way I'm stopping is if I, if they, they pull me, you know, like if they tell me, no, you, you can't go on. Yeah. But I'm like, there's been so many hours and hours of work that's gone into this one day nah. that I'm like, it's done. Like, yeah. It's we, we, yeah. Uh, we finish it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So finish the personal best, which is an epic way to finish the swim. I think the only time I kind of had doubt was I was swimming and I looked up and I saw the windmills and I saw that I was swimming into the wind. And I kind of like, I don't know if you remember me yes. vocalizing my thought. Yeah, I have it on video. I was just like, oh, did you film me saying yeah. that? Really? Yeah, I filmed a bunch of random stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. So like the one like hesitation I had mm. was I know that the current and little current is super strong, like under yeah. the swing bridge. Yeah. And I know that it goes with the wind. Yes. And then I knew I was swimming into the wind by looking at the windmills. And I'm mm. like, my worry is what if... I swim all day to get so shy from the end just and not strong. make it. Yeah. And it's too strong and I cannot power it. A reasonable fear. And I just vocalized that to stop carrying that mental weight because the truth is it's not in my control. Right. When you do this sport, the outcome is not in your control. No. You can definitely influence the outcome, mm -hmm. but the truth is the lake decides. Always, yeah. The lake always decides. You can swim as hard as you want. If you're in a super strong current, you get pushed backwards. And I've been there, mm -hmm. right? So I was worried that that was going to happen, and I've been in that situation before. Yeah. Um, but I knew that that's not in my control. That doesn't change what I got to do now, which is just keep flopping my arms. You know. So I'm just like, I'll just do time, yeah. one stroke at a time. Just keep flopping my arms. And I think once I vocalized that, it was good. And and the big huge mental shift was uh, when those campers came to cheer us on. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, dude. That was fun to watch. It was cool to see the conditions of everything and how everything slowly started to like. Yeah, work out. I think everything was piecing together pretty well. Yeah, it was so cool. I don't remember that 
there's just like a bunch of kids that just came to cheer me up. There were so many. It was, it was like, like 15 to, people. Yeah, there was a people. bunch. I was like, jeez, man. And then there were people on boats who were like, hi, we worked with Matt when he was in this. But yeah, like, it was just amazing. a bunch of people coming yeah. out to support me. People coming down sick. to their docks. Keeping come, people, especially swimming in the Little Current. Mm -hmm. That was a cool feeling. Just swimming beside so many boats. Like, I think Christine was nervous. She definitely kept me safe. Like, we're swimming near some pretty big boats. You know, I'm just this tiny yeah. guy. So Christine was on one side, and Kevin from G-Bossing, which is an mm -hmm. indigenous First Nation, uh, he he was the pontoon boat on the other. At least That's I right. think. I saw yeah. him at the end. So he was keeping me safe. I was kind of sandwiched between these two boats trying to keep me safe. Uh, and then when I pulled near the end, Jess got in the boat. You, you, that you was hopped sick. off. Yeah, yeah, that was sick. Was sad to lose you, but stoked to have Jess because we got some awesome pictures. A lot pictures. of sick photos, yeah. Another podcast listen, by the way. Jess McShane. <laughs> go. And then, uh, yeah, so she hopped in to get some sweet shots. And, like, it was just hours of flow state. It was the yeah. hours of the deepest flow I've ever experienced. Like, I was just so fucking dialed in. Like, I was just, like, <laughs> crushing it. Like, I could see Christine, yeah, like, as I'm swimming towards the swing bridge, I could see Christine's nonverbal going, like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> and I'm just, like, feeding off this yeah. non-verbal energy she's sending my way, you know? We put so much into getting there, you know, my whole crew. Yeah. Uh, just swimming under the swing bridge, it's just, like, I was just out... I finished it against the current. I finished yeah. this 26-kilometer swim against a significant current. Like, not a super strong current, but yeah. significant. And uh, I was just gliding through the water at least it felt that way i could have been going you know, turtle speed but yeah. to me it felt like i was just gliding through the water and swimming under the swing bridge like how many people have done that probably not many because it's not the no. safest thing to do <laughs> not at all dude i uh flipped onto my back to just like soak in that moment amazing like these moments in your life don't come often no and you put so much into making them happen that you gotta soak them in i was just Turned on my back, slowed down the swim, just kicked on my back. Dude, that sounds like an incredible last 24 hours of your swim. And being able to wrap it up underneath the swing bridge, looking up and then coming through. And I'll show you the video afterwards when we get out of here. But the amount of enthusiasm on the faces of people and the energy around the ending was ridiculous. It was yeah. so fun, dude. Like, your dad rushed through. He, I think I caught him with two hands grabbing people out of the way. <laughs> he was like, no, this is my son. You, you wanted to give him the first yeah, hug. Yeah, he was like, I want to be the first one to give him a, give him a hug. Oh, and I was hilarious. like, man, it was adorable. And, like, their energy was so good. And they were just way... Your parents was interesting because they seemed way less... Your mom especially seemed way less nervous than when she was talking about the swim and the idea of it. I versus when yeah. she was like, I can only oh, imagine. I can only imagine she thought when she saw me yeah. have hypothermia, right? Like, <laughs> oh man. I uh, yeah. I uh, I kind of had to compartmentalize. So I, I wasn't contacting my parents during the swim. I contacted Smart. them the day before the last yeah. day. You know, nice. Uh, like, hey, this is. Can only imagine what she felt like then. You know, but uh, yeah, it was awesome to see their faces and my niece and nephews too. And yeah, um, that's the best way to finish a swim. I think my favorite way to finish the swim is getting out of the water and hugging your loved ones, you yeah, know, like hugging your friends and family, and just so giving cool. out those hugs. So many people came out. Yeah, it was so great. It was great. Like, Even there were people who had no idea what was going on were like, yo, what's going on? And I remember being like, and they're like, whoa, cool. And they stayed yeah. to watch. And I was like, whoa. 
I, they gave me like it's cool cool gifts. I wasn't expecting that. A lot that. of cool. Gifts. I got like yeah. cool hoodies and a, he was he, showing me before too. Yeah. He's like, look at this. You think I like it? I'm like, oh, I love it. I he doesn't. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Was Bill. You got a mug? Shout out to Bill. Oh, amazing, man. And they gave me a mug that said, I swam the North Channel. It was really cool. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. I had your name in it. I was like, oh, With my sad. name on it, yeah. yeah. Even though I failed, like aim high and miss, you know, like even though I failed swimming around the whole island, I, I think I'm the first person to swim the whole North Channel, the north side of Manitoba, yeah. you know, so. Oh, easily. It, or the I, most amount of kilometers as well, probably around it. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not, but I'm pretty... I love half. Is that? Yeah, I swim about half. About half. Swim about, just, just try halfway. Epic. It's pretty awesome. Epic. Considering I've been swimming for a year and a half when I started Stop. that. You know, like, I'd say. Amazing. That's amazing. way beyond where I thought it would be when I was, like, struggling for my life yeah. to try to make it across the pool. <laughs> How have you uh, adjusted to uh, non training at 5 a.m. every day in Espanola? Roughly, yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah, like I said, I think athletes don't talk about it too much, but like, I feel like you have this such clear sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. Like, so much of your life is structured around this event, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, whoosh, it's gone. You know, so like, it's kind of like a huge void, a sort of lack of purpose and direction. Oh, yeah. And a lot of my social connections were built around the swim, too. Like, talking to my swim coaches, talking to... Oh, yeah. uh, you know, weekly visits with Kim, weekly visits with Troy, mm. you know, um, a lot of my social is built around this too. So it's just like the whole structure just whoosh, gone. Yeah, a lot. And kind of a lack of purpose and direction. Um, but I think it's important to sit with the low for a bit. You don't want to sit with the low too long. Right. Um, but I think it's important. It's the best time to process what you've been through and to take those lessons in. And also like this Mantulan swim came from my last void, you know, so... Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure what's up next. I definitely I'm gonna plug myself a bit here. I'm uh, writing plug a, it. writing a book, so hopefully that'll come out. Probably it's still pretty early stages, but mm. writing a book, also public speaking. So if people want to have me for that. Amazing. Reach out. Um, athletic endeavor wise, I'm still kind of playing with a few ideas. Like, do I want to go back? The answer is like a hard yes, but then realistically, pragmatically. Why, I think the other reason is why do I want to go back? Which right. I got to carefully think on, you know, to try. I definitely think I can swim the full island. My full, all my team said so. Oh yeah. Um, if the uh, the water temperatures weren't historically low, I definitely think I could have made it. Uh, so do I want to go back? I'm, I'm torn on it, you know, because the reality of making that choice is is, yeah, is a man. big commitment, you it's know. So I don't want to make it now. It's still too close. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a an uncomfortable period now but i know that it's temporary mm -hmm. and i know that i will bounce out of it amazing now yeah man i think performance coach to be honest i've had a lot and we'll sit down at dinner and get more into this and not just with that example you mean me yeah I, I would love to do mental training because i think it's on the list what yeah. i was about to say was like at dinner we'll go through it but i have like a, a bunch of things in my head and i think written down a few probably not but as i see one two i'm like Oh, I work very well in like a brainstorm sessions with people. Mm -hmm. I can do well to get like, uh, I can get a lot done when I focus and think of stuff. But when I'm going back and forth, I just, my brain just goes idea, idea. And then I'm writing stuff down, sending emails to myself. I'm going to, I'm going to, sorry, I'm changing the subject a bit. Go ahead. But I want to hit you up with a question. Okay. Hit what you was your favorite answer. moment of the last day? <clears throat> what was your, do you have a moment Ooh. of the last day that stood out to you? What was the most memorable moment of that day 
Oh man, um, I recall. Oh. You know the most memorable moment of that <laughs> last 24 hours. You we're, know. We're taking that one to our graves. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, man. That is the most memorable moment from the last 24 hours of your swim. But swim related. One that you want to share. Yeah. <laughs> one day, I'll, in my t when I release my tell-all book. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Uh, By Glenn's uh, book, which is being published in 10 years. Yeah, give or, give or take. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, basically one of the ones that I think um, a really cool experience of mine was um, probably my favorite had to have been the dinner after. The celebratory dinner? Yeah, yeah that was man. cool. Yeah, yeah just because like the energy, that and like anytime we were in the group of people, I just really enjoyed. I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of energy around that I was just trying to soak up as much as possible. And everybody, what I really liked a lot, and I love this, was people in those settings are very very positive they have really yeah, good attitude there's totally. zero judgment yeah. whereas like if i talk to strangers sometimes more often than not because i really enjoy doing that as you can imagine you get a kick mm. out of small talk with strangers and a lot of people tend to have like judgment because what i like to do to connect is i'll say something a little bit off the cuff and then just to see i'll like tell a story and then i'll be like yeah this one time i was at uh I was held at gunpoint in Florence and then somebody's like, and then I transitioned that into a question to hear when, if anybody's had something similar and then the things that people are willing to share, I'm like, wow. So I, I'll drop something that's like, maybe not something you say all the time. And then just to kind of gauge what the, uh, the room is and that doing that made not with that example, obviously not in that extreme. I'm like, Oh, like how do you guys know Matt? Like, and they tell me and I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. What do you do? Right? Or like, how are you a part of the swim? And then they tell me, and then they tell me about how what they've done to contribute, or yes. like how long they've been Hundreds a fan and stuff. And I'm like, wow. And I think that and being around that energy was so infectious. Dude, it's, it's it unreal. It like changed me, dude. Like me too. After, after the, uh, and I was talking with you about it on the ride home <sighs> before the incident. But um, we were talking, we were going back and forth, and I was like, man, like this weekend, the weekend was incredible. And to cap it off with like, a bunch of your friends and family and everybody was like i didn't know i knew a couple of them but other than spending the day on the boat with christine and then knowing your folks i really didn't know anybody but everybody was so nice and chatty and like all like oh yeah like oh how do you know it oh cool oh what's your podcast about i'm like oh and like people are so inquisitive what i was doing and i was so inquisitive what they were doing and like it was really really cool cool energy and i remember the next day being like life's good yeah, I was so was, grateful. I was like, for "This that. is life." Like when that I was, was on that expedition, day. there was moments where I'm like, "This is living." Like this yeah, is life. Dude. You know, so sick. That was that humanity was my at its best. Like I saw the beauty of humanity on this trip. One like, hundred people. I was I was me at my best. My like my crew at their best, mm -hmm. and like the people surround me at their best, and just yeah. random strangers like just doing amazing things. You know, it was. It's just, I don't know, the beauty of humanity. It was just awesome. Dude, it was so good. Yeah. And that's my uh, answer to your question of um, my favorite moment. Or my, my most memorable slash favorite. Nice. I love it. My other memorable one was not my favorite. So, <laughs> yeah, my favorite moment was that. It's just everybody was so nice and just amazing, dude. I was just looking around like, I'm just some Muppet in my pit vipers eating beef jerky, wearing my life jacket at dinner, being like, yeah, why did you keep hilarious. your life jacket on? Dude, I was so I want the answer. Why did you keep so your life jacket on at dinner? I, uh, I was very... That, I want the answer to that question. 
<laughs> I just, I was wearing it all day. You're just day. too tired to take it off? Is yeah, that, man. Yeah. I, was wearing it, I was wearing it all day. And, yeah, I was just... It's like a pillow for your stomach or something? Yeah, it was comfy? Yeah, it was like a pillow for my back, pillow for my stomach. I was just, I felt very like... It was like a big hug. Okay, yeah, I can get I that. Just, I get I was, that. I was yeah. very grateful for it. I was like, I liked it's my like a perma hug. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was when you can like adjust this level of tightness. Is oh, it was awesome. So you could just ask for a hug, Glenn, if you want one. <laughs> I was too tired. It yeah. wasn't, uh, I wasn't able to vocalize it yeah. well at the time, but uh, I felt that was the next best option. But it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and I think I don't know. I didn't really think much of it to be honest. I kind of just wore it. I've always enjoyed wearing it. I just like, I don't know, I'm warm here. I'm just like, eh. I've had to wear it for like expeditions and like trips and stuff. And you, like you get used to it. And then when you're on it, wearing it for that long, you're like. You just forget you're wearing it kind yeah, of. Yeah. And then you almost don't want to not wear it. Or you almost feel like. It's a part of weird. you Weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I just want to hide the giant triangular trapezoidal prism looking sweat mark on my front and back. But. That could have been it, or uh, yeah, no, I just yeah, I just didn't notice it too much, and then yeah, I felt like weird taking it off, and then I was like, oh, I didn't think much of it. This guy's just swam 26 kilometers, started at 5:30 a.m. in the morning, and I'm the one getting all the questions about like in that moment. I was like, yeah, it's pretty funny. So I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should. I was the, I was pretty I tired. Was so yeah, funny. I was the most talkative. You're talking exhausted. Yeah, you're exhausted. It was hilarious. But it was, uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, that was my favorite part of that, and I uh, love my life jacket. Yeah, it was fun, so, man. That's yeah. a, a memorable day for sure. whole day was memorable. What, um, toward, now we're getting kind of towards the end of it, and um, I'm sure you're hungry, but I'm getting hungry. But um, what is one kind of message that we want to, uh, that you want to um, leave everybody with? just based on the last year since you've last been on the show and everything you've learned, everybody that you've met and everyone you've talked to. Is there a final final message, quote, thing that you learned or experience or story you want to share before we um, yeah, before we'll take a minute and think for 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, for sure. Take all the time you need. I think it's as bad as your situation is or gets. Like if you're in hell, like if you're just life fucking sucks right now, mm -hmm. which I think people don't talk about or open up about. But if that's where you're at now, the simple thought that you won't be there forever, your brain will tell you otherwise, the simple thought that you are not there forever is extremely powerful. And with time, those small gradual movements towards growth, like just me yeah. being catatonic and wiggling my finger, that's the message I wanted to send with the swim. Like me being catatonic and depressed with suicidal ideation, and then just what eight months later being able to swim 150 kilometers around Mantulan, yeah. I think that sends a super powerful message that I hope resonates with you, and I hope that whenever you're in that much pain, just think of that story to help you pull out, and share your story uh, to help others pull out when you get better. Amazing, amazing. I like that a lot. That's so cool, dude. I'm uh, I'm really grateful, not only just for your time, your uh, your friendship, your mind, your energy. It's infectious, man. I've said it oh, thanks, man. I want to repeat yeah. it as much as possible. It's infectious, and I'm not the only one who says that. Um, like even like friends of mine who like meet you once, like yo, like this, like 
is insane. His brain. Someone said, what did they say? They said, like, you radiate joy. That's probably one of the nicest yeah, compliments someone dude. gave me. And I'm like, Amazing. That's all. I'm not always that way, you know, but at my best, that's what I'm like. You know, I think people just feel that and yeah. shoots into them, which I just, that's, that's what fires yeah. me up. You know, I love firing people up and you get that energy right back. You dude, know? it's cool. There's a lot of like, see, it's like a big hug and you're like, man, you start off the interaction there and it only gets better, which I'm really grateful for. And yeah, man, I, I fucking love you, brother. Like, ah, thanks, super, dude. Super, right back I'm at you, man. I'm super proud of you. I'm super excited to see what you do next. And yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm here if you ever need me. And on a personal level and on a uh, professional media level, if you ever want to, or next time you want to come back on, or if you got some, just, you got some shit you want to say or promote, 